Welcome to the first episode of our podcast. Occult. Our podcast is going to be about all things occult and cult. Creepy, paranormal, mm -hmm. but also a little bit of true crime here and there. I'm Alexa. And I'm Simon. And we'll be your hosts for today or for for this podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So, the Manson family murders. You you ready to start us off, Simon? Yes. <clears throat> Charles Manson is some, an American cult leader, and his followers carried out several notorious murders in the late 1960s. And he was born November 12, 1934, and he is now... He died, huh? He's dead. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> Anyways, originally he did not have a name. He was called No Name Maddox. Him? But then within a few weeks, his mom named him Charles Miles Maddox. He never met his father. His mother was a neglectful alcoholic and was arrested for five years. Yeah. She was arrested and sentenced to five years for attempting to rob an acquaintance. Charles was a difficult child and would often skip school, so his mother sent him to Gibbolt. Gibbolt. A school for boys. His mom didn't really want anything to do with him. Um, after a while, he was actually living in the streets and lived by doing petty crime. In 1951, he began to spend time in prison. The first 32 years of his life were eventually behind bars. His first wife was a 17-year-old named Rosalie. I don't have her name. Rosalie Jean Wills in 1955, and he moved with her to California. Um, she got pregnant, but even then, uh, he continued his life of crime, and he began stealing cars, and he went back to jail again. Damn. In 1956, <coughs> his wife left him with the child for a new lover. And then later, he, he actually had another child with a different woman while he was released on probation. Who was the other woman? I don't know. <laughs> was it Mary Brenner? Um, I really don't know. Was it her? Oh, okay. I don't know. Because he does have a kid with Brenner. <clears throat> and what else? Wait, Brenner. Mary Brenner. Okay, anyways. Um, I think that's all I got on him. That's all you have? Mm-hmm. Do you want me to talk about his cult? Alexa, will you please talk about his cult? All right. <clears throat> so here's a little bit about the cult and his personality. Mm-hmm. When he was released from prison, at this point he's 32... He met a woman named Mary Brenner. Eventually, after moving in with Brenner, he began to recruit followers, the first of the Manson family. Most of these followers were women in their early 20s. Eventually, after moving in with Brenner, he began to... Oh, I already read that. Never mind. I, I suck hey, at this, Hey, you're too. fucking up, too. I I'm like it. I'm fucking up. Um, okay, so on my notes, up. on my notes, I have his first to be the other one. And on your notes, you have her to be Mary Brenner. I don't know. I don't have anything about his first marriage. All I have is what he did when he moved to San Francisco. Because he moved to San Francisco with his first girl. Oh, okay. I didn't see it. Like, I don't have that. So you, pr you actually provided some uh, important information. So. Damn, it's kind of fucked up, bro. So after he left that woman, he, you know, found Mary Brenner, and that's when, after moving in with her, that's when he started kind of recruiting people. So his beliefs were mostly based off Christian beliefs. He believed that his followers were the, quote, original Christians, unquote, often implying that he was Christ. So he never, um, I never saw anything about him 
like straight up saying like, oh, I'm Christ reborn or anything like that. Uh-huh. But a lot of his followers said that like he kind of implied that he was Christ. Um, yeah. And then in 1967, he uh, began referring himself, referring to himself as Charles Willis Manson. And so uh, his stepdad's name, last name was Manson. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know if it came from that because I also found something that said that it came from like um, son of man, like Adam. Oh. From the Bible. <laughs> you guys know the Bible. You've heard of it. I haven't. Oh, it's it's this book. It kind of has a tragic ending, but, like, it has a lot of fans. And um, they actually uh, hold conventions for this book every Sunday. So you should definitely get into it. I should. <coughs> Anyways. Um, Manson and Brenner had a son that they named Valentine Michael, a.k.a. Pooh Bear. Pooh Bear. Yeah. Uh, Manson was often described as charming and kind, but others saw this as him having an ability to read and manipulate people. So, he learned to play guitar in prison. Mm-hmm. As we all did. Um... <laughs> But, like, in total, he had no significant success in the music industry. But I was reading that he was actually a good writer. That a lot of, um, oh, what was it, the Beach Boys or somebody sang one of his songs? I don't know. Um, but here's a funny little personal story. Back when I was in high school, I had a Tumblr. You still do. And, huh? You I still, still do. I still do. I'm still very much a Tumblr person. But this is my other Tumblr that I had back when I was in high school. And this, I got a follower, right? And I was, like, super excited. I was like, oh, a new, new follower. Yay me. And I clicked on it. <coughs> and it was a Charles Manson cover band. And they had little it was like a blonde girl and a guy and they had little x's on their forehead like charles manson did Mm -hmm. um in his trial and they also had like it would be kind of interesting i think to have like a charles manson cover band but it seemed like they also like they didn't just cover his songs because i think it's one thing to like cover his songs or whatever but it's another thing to feel like you actively like follow his like you actively worship him i don't know what what do you call what you do to to a cult leader yeah well i guess you worship them no i guess it seemed like they were actively like believing in his stuff like it wasn't just like we sing his songs but you know we're not, we don't consider ourselves part of the Manson family, but it seemed like to me like they actually considered themselves part of the Manson family, which I thought was freaky. The singers? Or the band? Yeah, the cover band that followed me. What the fuck? And at this point, I, I didn't know much about the Manson family, only that like he was a murderer, so I promptly blocked them. Uh, excuse me, <laughs> he like, didn't murder anybody? I, well, like, that's what i thought that's the knowledge that i had so i was like yeah i'm gonna block you guys bye all right wait you really blocked them that's kind of messed up i blocked them i don't want no manson family people following my tumblr when i'm like 14 oh i would (laughs) have well that's 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 on you okay all right so manson had this belief in a apocalyptic race war which he referred to as helter skelter um it was named after a Beatles song and he believed that the Beatles had predicted this apocalyptic event in their white album um he often used the female members of the family to obtain the favor of men to his benefit so um the ranch where they were living at at the time of the murders 
uh, he won the favor of the ranch owner um, by, like, having female members of the cult perform, like, sexual favors for the guy who owned the ranch. Nice. <coughs> members of the... Ec- Members of the family often engaged in activities such... Did you say nice? Nice. My boy was a pimp. Ew. Anyways, anyways. Anyways. Members of the family often engaged in activities such as psychedelic drug use and quote-unquote free love. What kind of drugs did they use? Probably like psychedelic drugs. So like acid, no? Mm. Mushrooms? LSD magic mushrooms. Magic. No, they just had like some nice grilled portobellos. Yeah. <laughs> These crazy cults and their grilled mushrooms. <laughs> oh man, I could go for a portobello right now. I'm hungry. So anyways. Um, okay. Um, they engaged in psychedelic drug use and free love. In fact, members reported having participated in quote unquote drug fueled orgies. What the heck was that? That's me doing a (laughs) clicking noise. So, here are some key members in the murders. So, here's Charles Watson, aka Tex Watson, was originally from Texas and he was an honor student in high school. And he was 24 at the time of the murders. So what did this Charles Watson do? AKA, so, AKA Tex Watson. They refer to him as Watson or Tex Watson most of these sites. I think because it would be confusing to re- refer to him as Charles Watson because Charles Manson. They have very similar oh, names. Oh, okay. Okay. So the next member is Susan Denise Atkins, AKA Sadie Mae Glutz. Sexy Sadie. Or Sexy Sadie. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but I just saw it on the Wikipedia and I thought it was hilarious. So, um, like Manson, she had a rough childhood with alcoholic parents. She was known as quiet and shy. Uh, she met Manson at age 19 and was quote-unquote taken in by him when she was left homeless after a police raid. Okay, so how old was he at, at the time? He was 32. Damn, this he, this he guy be getting young. Oh, actually, he was invading them. Wow, they, they this fellow him. was sure recruiting young women. There you go. This fellow was sure recruiting young women. Um, Atkins, aka Sexy Sadie, genuinely saw Manson as Jesus. She had a son with another Manson family member, and Manson <laughs> called her son. Zay Zo Zo say Zadfrak Glutz. What the fuck? Say <laughs> <laughs> so say say Zadfrak Glutz. Zay Zo Zo say Zadfrak Glutz. Do you think he like secretly hated the guy she had like a kid with and was like, "Fuck you, your kid's name is Zo Zo say Zadfrak Glutz." Why would you do that to your kid? It wasn't his kid. Manson called him that. Oh. She had a so she had a son. She had a son with another Manson family member, and Manson called her son Zay Zozo Say Zadfrak Glutz. Yeah, maybe he was jealous. Maybe. And uh, the next member is Leslie Louise Van Houten. Houten? Houten? Shit, I didn't look that up. She also had a rough adolescence, but was actually voted homecoming queen at some point. Leslie was said to be Manson's favorite. Mm. I feel like Manson likes uh, girls with daddy issues. I think it's they're probably all, just like what's easier to recruit, no? They're all really young. They all had rough childhood. Rough childhoods. Rough adolescent years. <coughs> And um, this one, this one, I think, kind of speaks, the next member kind of speaks to how he um, preyed on people's vulnerabilities. Because this is 
Patricia Krenwinkel, a.k.a. Big Patty. Big Patty. Or Katie. Katie. <laughs> Imagine someone's like, hey, it's Big Patty. And she's like, please, just just call me Katie. It's like, nah, it's, it's it, Katie. It's, it's Katie. Ah, come on, whatever, Big Patty. No, please, <laughs> please just call me Katie. Krenwinkel suffered from an endocrine condition which made her heavier and hairier in appearance. <laughs> Heavier big and hairier. Big Patty. Heavier and hairier. <laughs> big Patty too. <laughs> heavier and... Bruh, we can't be fat shaming in our podcast. I'm not trying to fat shame We're going to be it's demonetized. It's just the fact that her name is... That her name... <laughs> they called her Big Patty. That's fucked up. Anyways, as a result, she was bullied a lot as a child. Like, kind of like we're doing right now. <laughs> the first day she met Manson, she slept with him. According to Krenwickle, Manson was the first person to call her beautiful. Oh. And the, why I say that, like, he specifically preyed on her vulnerabilities is because here you have this girl who's been bullied all her life, who's probably super insecure, and, like, he fucks her and calls her beautiful and that probably really spoke to her true true <clears throat> and then the last member is wait linda the last key member key member linda kasabian and uh kasabian's actually one of my favorite Bands. Was she in it? And huh? Was she in it? No, she's not in it. It's some British guys. But they actually got the name from like a magazine, and they saw the name Kasabian, <coughs> and they're like, "Yo, let's just fucking pick that as our name." Damn, they should have chose Big Patty <coughs> as their name. I know, right? Let's you and me should start a band and call it uh Big Harry we're the, Patty. We're the, we're the Big Pats. We're the Big Pats. And this is our song called Endocrine Condition. Kasabian was 20 when she met, uh, when she joined the Manson family. And she had a rough family life. She was described as intelligent but starry-eyed. In the warm summer evening of August 8th, 1969. Were you really going to talk like that? (laughs) 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 Sharon (laughs) T. Now I can't do it. You ruined my dramatic reading. In the warm summer evening of August, fuck. Okay, Sharon Tate, a Hollywood starlet married to director Roman Polanski, was having a small get-together at a luxury home in Los Angeles. Those present that night were Jay Sebring, a hairstylist and a former lover of Tate's, Abigail Folger, heiress to the Folger coffee fortune, and Wojciech Frykowski, who was a friend of Polanski's. No one could ever imagine how the rest of that night would unfold at the hands of a heartless cult. The exact trigger for the murders isn't fully known. While some sources state that the crimes were Manson's attempts to jumpstart Helter Skelter, others believe it was an attempt to frame political parties such as the Black Panthers for the murder of Gary Hinman. So who is Gary Hinman, you may ask? Who is he? Who is Gary Hinman? Gary Hinman was one of Manson's music industry connections who was murdered by Manson family member Bobby Busolet. Busolet used a samurai sword to torture and kill Hinman. Busolet cut off Hinman's ear, reattached it with dental floss, and then stabbed him in the chest. Another family member, Susan Atkins, then wrote political piggy in Hinman's blood on the wall. Polanski was renting this luxurious Los Angeles home from Rudolph Adabelli, who had previously rented it out to Terry Melcher. Melcher was a record producer who for a time showed an interest in signing Manson, but ultimately decided not to. It is believed that this is a reason why 150 Cielo Drive was chosen. So 150 uh, Cielo Drive is where uh, Sharon Tate was having her little get-together. At the night of the incident, 
Polanski was in Europe. August 8th, 1969. Manson is said to have ordered the murders to be as gruesome as possible and for the members not to come back until they had $600 and to keep going home to home if they couldn't get the $600 from Sharon Tate's home to keep going until they had the $600. Also, he wanted them to keep killing people until they had... had. Damn, that's crazy. Um, So that night, Tex Watson drove... Atkins and Krenwinkle, aka Big Patty, mm-hmm. uh, and Kasabian, he, Tex Watson, drove them to 150 Cielo Drive. They ran into Steve Parent, who was leaving. Um, he was visiting uh, the groundskeeper, I believe, and they ordered him to get out of his car. Watson attacked Parent while he begged for his life. The stabs were so brutal and violent that Watson severed a parent's tendons and cut off his watch. He was then shot in the chest and abdomen. With a twenty two caliber revolver. Really? Yes. Oh. So basically um this kid was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. And he got shot. He got shot. And I think uh he was also pretty young when he was murdered. Watson. Watson? I mean, parent. What the fuck? All these last names. I'm just... Wait, parent? Parent was young when he was he murdered. Was 18. I don't, I he was an 18-year-old student. Yeah. So then Guess wha- who played lookout who? during the oh, massacre? Pa- pa- Patty. No, dude. Kasabian. Oh, so, Kasabian played the lookout while Watson broke in through a window and let in the others through the front door. They gathered up all the guests present in the house and tied them up with ropes. Kis- the first to be killed was Jay Sebring, who complained about the mistreatment of Sharon Tate. He was shot, and as he lay there groaning and dying, he was stabbed seven times by Watson, so Tex Watson. During this commotion, Frykovsky and Folger managed to break loose of their ropes and attempted to run away. Keyword attempted. During his attempt, Frykovsky was stabbed several times in the legs by Atkins, sexy Sadie, and then was caught by Watson, who beat his head with a gun and stabbed him. Watson then shot him two times. In total, Frykovsky was stabbed 51 times. Kasabian heard the commotion in an attempt to stop the violence. She told them someone was coming, but did not. But it did not stop the massacre. So Folger uh, was caught by Krenwinkle and stabbed a total of 28 times. While Krenwinkle stabbed her, Folger was said to have been begging and saying, I give up. You've got me over and over again. She died out in the lawn. Here's the thing. When I was researching this... I really didn't want to see pictures. Like, I didn't, because I know there was pictures. There's pictures? And I know there's pictures. Oh, I want to see. And they're out there, and they're they're gruesome. They're messed up. And so I'm scrolling through this uh, website, reading about uh, Abigail Folger's murder. Mm-hmm. And without any warning is, like, the actual picture of her murdered dead body. And, like, the whole time, the whole time, I was just avoiding, like, seeing any pictures. I didn't want to see them. And so I just, like, see her there, and I'm just like, fuck you, website. <laughs> like, um, the last to be killed was Tate. So Sharon Tate, Roman Polanski's wife. Mm-hmm. At the time of the murder, Tate was eight months pregnant. According to the testimony of those present that night, she begged for her life and her child's life and even offered herself up as a hostage so she's eight months pregnant she's like her baby could probably have like survived Mm -hmm. outside of her so she could have given birth if that makes sense yeah so she kept begging she kept begging them to uh let her live until she could give birth um and to take her as a hostage 
It's unknown who stabbed her, mm-hmm. but it was either Atkins, a.k.a. Sexy Sadie, or Watson. Or both. Uh, she w- or both. But here's the thing is that Atkins at some point says, like, it was Watson. And then Watson at some point says, like, it was Atkins. So she was stabbed a total of 16 times in the chest, back, and upper abdomen. The killers, so they didn't stab her, like, anywhere on the baby area. Mm-hmm. The killers allege that she called out mother over and over again. So as she's dying, she's going like, mother, which is, ugh, that just creeps me out. That makes me so <laughs> sad. It's like she's dying and her baby's getting stabbed and she's calling out for her mom. Damn. The baby sustained no physical harm, but according to the autopsy, he died within 10 to 15 minutes of Sharon dying. The autopsy <laughs> also showed that Sharon was not dead yet when she was hung from the rafters on the ceiling of the house. So, she was stabbed, but that wasn't what killed her. And then, like, if you see the pictures, which are so messed up, don't see the pictures. They, like, hang her body from, like, the beams on the ceiling. You know how houses have those, like, exposed beams? Yeah. They hang her body up, so, like, she's hanging from that, from the ceiling. And so she was still alive when they did that. Um, She wasn't conscious, but she was still alive. Oh, wow, you can see how they stab the face, like, it's all open. Dude, are you looking at the pictures? And then there's, like, blood at the door. It's it's so messed up. On the sidewalk. (laughs) So, Sebring's body was tied to the other end of the rope. So, the guy at the beginning who was, like, complaining about how they were treating her, he was actually complaining, like, saying, like, hey, she's pregnant, don't treat her like that. It's like, I don't think this guy knew what they were actually, (laughs) like, it's going to get much worse for all of you. Uh Uh-huh. Um, so, Sebring's body was tied to the other end of the rope. So here's what sexy Sadie Atkins had to say about the murder. She said, she kept begging and pleading and begging and pleading until I got sick of it. So I stabbed her a lot. When they went home to Span Ranch, Atkins, Kremlinkle, Kasabian, and Watson were asked if they felt remorse for the killings. All including, all including Kasabian said no. So keep that in mind. Do you think they were on drugs? When they did the killing? I don't think so. No? No, I think the only influence they were under was the influence of Charles Manson. (laughs) Then what could he have told them for them to actually go and do the murders? I think they were just brainwashed. So all these murders were done on the same day, right? Nope. They were not done the same day? Nope. The same week? Yeah. I don't know about the Hinman murder. I didn't write that down. Um, but I know that the next murder, the LaBianca murder, uh-huh. um, happened the next day. Uh-huh. So Leno and Rosemary LaBianca were settling down on a quiet for a quiet night at home. Um... Leno was a supermarket executive, and his wife, Rosemary, was believed to have been born in Mexico, but grew up in an orphanage. And she eventually was adopted to, like, a, a family. That night, Watson, Krenwinkel, Krenwinkel uh, Atkins, and Kasabian, so the original four from the Sharon Tate murders, uh-huh. um, with the addition of Leslie Van Houten, and Steve Grogan and Manson himself drove around for three hours before de- Manson decided on the LaBianca residence. So Manson woke up Leno at gunpoint, who was asleep in his living room. He tied him up and asked who else was home. And Leno said his wife was in their bedroom. Which, like... I know, why would why you tell him? <laughs> yeah, why did he give up his wife that easily? 
You're like, yeah, my wife is in the bedroom. Go, go kill her first. She's probably asleep. So, Anyways. So how how did they choose this couple? Right, it was a couple. Um, ha- they I think they believe they chose this house because Manson had a few members of the family had been to a party that yep. was held at this house at uh-huh. some point. Uh huh. So um, I'm not sure if it was parties held by the LaBiancas or if it was like with uh Sharon Tate's case that the house had been rented by somebody else before. Uh-huh. So So I'm and the 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 murder before that one? Why why were they chosen? Why was Sharon Tate chosen? Uh-huh. The house was previously rented out by um one of Charles Manson's music industry connections. Oh. Um, so he said his wife was in their bedroom. Rosemary was then woken up by Manson at gunpoint as well, but was allowed to get dressed first by Manson. She was then led to the living room and tied up as well. The LaBiancas... So Manson let her get dressed first. She was then led to the living room and tied up as well. The LaBiancas were then told that no harm would come to them at this, and that this was only a robbery. The members of the family collected all the cash from the home... Manson then left Kasabian to attempt to kill a friend of hers. Uh, Manson left with Kasabian, so he took Kasabian with him, and they were going to go kill uh, somebody that she knew. Um, But Kasabian knocked on the wrong apartment door in order to, like, avoid killing. So, uh, back at the LaBianca residence, Rosemary was taken to the bedroom, tied, and gagged with a lamp cord. Krimwinkle and Van Houten were given the task of watching Rosemary. Watson then began to stab Leno with a bayonet. His screams alerted his wife, who screamed, What are you doing to my husband? Rosemary then attempted to defend herself using the same lamp they had used to tie her up. Upon hearing the commotion, Watson went in to control the situation and stabbed her with the bayonet. So, um, when he walked into the room, uh, Rosemary was, like, swinging the lamp around. So the girls had who had been tasked with watching over her had lost complete control of the situation. Mm-hmm. Watson then went back to stabbing Leno, and in total, Leno was stabbed 12 times, and and um, they carved war into Leno's body. Uh, for the Sharon Tate murders, they carved the word pig into the door with Sharon Tate's blood. Just, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, my, yeah I saw it in the pictures. Yeah, so if you remember in Hinman's murder, they wrote political piggy. Yeah. And then in the Sharon Tate murder, they wrote uh, pig. Um, and then in Leno's body, they carved war, which is part of they, them framing like uh, these political parties. Krenwinkel continued stabbing Rosemary. And then Watson went in and ordered Van Houten to start stabbing too. Most of Rosemary's stab wounds were made post-mortem, meaning, like, after she was dead. Um, And she was stabbed 41 times in total. Krenwinkel, a.k.a. Big Patty, then wrote, Rise and death to pigs in blood. She also wrote, Helter Skelter in blood. No, she wrote, Helter Skelter in blood. So she misspelled Helter Skelter. Just sound it out. Hell. Ter. If anything, I would think like if I were to misspell it, I would spell it with two L's. But see, remember that these girls were troubled teens who probably did not go to school. Most of them were like my age or a little bit younger than me. I'm pretty sure like a year ago I would have spelled, I wouldn't have misspelled Helter Skelter as Helter Skelter. True, but you're very smart. I don't, I don't know. It just seems stupid. Like. Your whole philosophy of your cult is this apocalyptic event. And you misspell the name. <laughs> and you misspell it. <laughs> and you misspell it in the dumbest way ever. I don't know. Kremwinkle also stabbed Leno an additional 14 times and left the knife in his stomach. They wrote pig and, and war and things like that because they were trying to frame political parties like the Black Panthers. And they were trying to start this race war. Um, They thought it would get blamed on black people. Uh Uh-huh. 
and would spark this race war that it would spark helter skelter now i'm gonna get into the investigation okay <laughs> at first investigators made no connection between the hinman murders and the tape murders um the groundskeeper of 150 cielo drive so the sharon tape murders the the groundskeeper of that house was considered a suspect at first but was released uh after past a uh, lie detector test uh -huh. Um, the LaBianca murders were discovered by their own children. So their kids were coming home from something and they found their murdered, horribly murdered parents. Um, the only connection the police made was to the Beatles album. So they saw Heelter Skeelter. Misspelled. Heelter Skelter. And we're like, ah, like the Beatles song. The LaBianca investigators eventually connected the murders to the Hinman case. So um, they didn't go like, oh, the LaBianca is connected to the sh uh, tape murder. They went, oh, the LaBianca is connected to the Hinman murders. Um, Atkins was arrested for the Hinman murder and confessed to the other murders to her cellmate. So Sexy Sadie was like, yeah, I killed this guy, Gary Hinman, but you know what else? We also killed uh, Sharon Tate and her uh, friends, and we also killed the LaBiancas. Yeah, I guess these girls were pretty dumb, huh? Well, like, they're all t in their 20s. Which, I mean, not to shit on, like, 20-year-old girls, because 20-something year old. Because I'm, I'm, 20, I'm 22, so, like, I'm stupid, but, like, <laughs> like, I... I you have to remember that Charles Manson is, like, 32, so he's a full-grown-ass adult. Like me. And <laughs> Not really. You're not in uh, your 30s yet. Almost down. Barely. <sighs> anyways. Um, anyways, so these are girls with, troubled, girls with troubled pasts and insecurities. So daddy issues. They were, like, completely, possibly daddy issues. They were completely brainwashed. By Charles Manson. Alright, here's where the, <laughs> the craziness begins. Uh, the People versus Charles Manson at all. Well, for the La Bianca murders. La Biancas? Yeah. La Biancas. Um, so, I guess two years ago, mm -hmm. um, the relatives of the victims turned in... 140,000 signatures of people who opposed uh, Van Houten's the release. And they turned it into uh, Mr. Brown's uh, office. Mr. Brown was my biology teacher in 7th grade. No, not Mr. Our Governor. <laughs> governor Brown, right? Yes. Because <laughs> when AKA you see Mr. Mr. Brown, Brown, I think about the guy who played the giving birth videos for us. And, um, okay, so, so the house... I guess it's mm -hmm. still there, but they changed the address from 1301 to thir uh, 3311 Waverly Drive. Waverly Drive. <gasps> the Wizards of Waverly Place. And that after the murders, a Filipino couple um, bought the home. And they added, That's... they added a pool and the carport for some reason. That's so weirdly specific, a Filipino family. Yeah, a Filipino cu couple murdered to be friends with Imelda Marcos. Not sure who that is. Uh, she was the wife of this uh, Filipino president dictator person. Oh, nice. And so, um, I guess the country was really poor and so she had a lot of shoes. So the ranch where they lived at, it's, uh, it's an old movie set. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, Spawn, Span Ranch? Where Span the, Ranch, yeah. Where the Manson family lived? Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, the only reason I know uh, who Amelda Marcos is is because of Drag Race. Oh. Oh, and lastly, the Tate residence ha was actually torn down and replaced. Um, didn't some guy... A guy from a band lived in it, No. I'm the guy from Nine Inch Nails? Nine Inch Nails? So he, uh, the 
guy from Nine Inch Nails um, lived there. And then at some point, like, he met, I think, Sharon Tate's sister. And she was like, oh, are you trying to capitalize on my sister's death? And that's kind of when it hit him, like, because I guess he felt, like, all cool for living there. And then he realized, like, oh, like, actual people the people who died here were people like they were actual people with lives and mm, people I cared about they were them like and i'm um, not people with no lives well they're not they have no life now because they're dead <laughs> like charles Manson. <laughs> it's not a funny joke that's sad it's not funny but because i'm thinking of like how <laughs> of something that happened earlier <laughs> oh so according to the guy from nine inch nails he was like what if it was my sister? I thought, fuck Charlie Manson. I don't want to be the guy who's look. I don't want to be looked at as a guy who supports serial killer bullshit. And went home and cried that night. <laughs> he says, "It's one thing to go around with your dick swinging in the wind, acting like it doesn't matter. But when you understand the repercussions that are felt, that's what sobered me up." Damn. Anyways, back to the <laughs> trial. Alright, the People versus Charles Manson et al. The trial began June of the following year. So this, the murders happened in 1669, and the trial uh, occurred in 70. And the trial ended in 1976. What, what? Seven years later after the murders, that's crazy. That is pretty crazy. Um, so, the key witness at the trial was Linda Kasabian. Um, the original, originally the deal was made with Susan Atkins, but she turned it down. Sexy Sadie. Is that the one that, um, that they invited her to Hawaii? And they tried uh, poisoning her with LSD or something? I don't know. I don't know about that. So somebody, I don't remember who, but somebody was supposed to testify. And she ended up deciding not to. Because somebody, one of the other family members offered her a trip to Hawaii. She was like, you know what, Like, I'll just take my trip to Hawaii. I'm not even going to testify against them. And then when they were over there. Listen, they, if, they, she, if I can turn down a trip to Hawaii... She can turn down a trip to Hawaii. When th when they were over there, they offered her food, which was laced with LSD, I think, or some type of drug. And she ended up um, not dying and ended up actually testifying. So I'm guessing it was no, her. No, Susan Atkin was one of, one of the murders. She's Sexy Sadie. Sexy Sadie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. Forget I said anything. No, cause no, that's a cool story. Cut it off and uh, post. <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit it in post. Yes. Post Malone. Um. So I labeled this part of my notes courtroom shenanigans. Nice. You ready for some cor courtroom shenanigans? Yes. So during the trial, when shown the pictures of the murder, the family members laughed. While Kasabian was visibly distraught. So you know those pictures that I was like, oh, those fucked me up. Well, the pe the family members who were accused who were on the stand were like, ha, 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 ha. Anyways, Charles Manson at one point was granted permission to represent himself. But his statements were so outlandish that his permission was revoked. So he was like, I'd like to represent my self please and they were like sure go for it and then the shit he was saying was so crazy that they were just like nah son nope never mind they were like nah son you can't represent yourself mm -hmm. you're crazy so Manson claimed that his original judge was prejudiced and got him replaced with another judge he appeared at the first I don't know. In my notes, I capitalized he. He. That's because you. He. Yeah, like that. He appeared <laughs> at the first hearing with an X on his forehead and his head shaved, symbolizing his rejection of society. The three accused women also shaved their heads and um, had X's 
on their wait, forehead. Wait. Why did they have their heads shaved? I saw the pic- some pictures and they, all of them had their heads shaved. Because Manson did it to represent his rejection of society. Because you know how oh. hair is society? Yes. Wait, is that why you shave your head? Yes, that's why I shave my head. Oh my gosh, should I shave my head too? No, please don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I want to reject society with you. No. All right, I guess I guess I'll reject society. I'll find a different way to reject society. Okay. Um, so other members, it's like other members of the cult, also carved X's on their foreheads and held vigils outside of the court. The three accused women tried their best to exclude exclude Mansion from any blame and claimed that they wanted to mi- commit the crimes on their own. They also tried to, like, they also tried to blame Kasabian as the main orchestrator of the murders. So they're like, hey, remember how we all laughed at the pictures and she was, like, horrified? Well, guess what? It was her idea. Mm -hmm. So eventually, so, like, all this courtroom shenanigans, uh led to the defendants being banned from attending their own trial. So, they were acting up so much that the judge was like, guess what? You're not coming to your own trial. Yep. They didn't attend their own trial? They were banned from attending their own trial. How does that work? They just can't be there. Huh. Yep. All five members were sentenced, all five, like, accused members were sentenced to death. However, the death penalty was abolished before any of them could face capital punishment. And they were in, and their sentences were instead changed to life in prison. Um, No member thus far has been granted parole despite their behavior in prison. And Linda Kasabian went back to the kids and husband she had before she joined the cult and lived a relatively quiet and peaceful life relatively keyword because she also did like a few interviews here and there noise and then they they named a band after her a band after her yeah okay so the lady who was gonna t- or who did testify against them was named Name? Barbara Hyatt uh, Hoyt Hoyt yeah Barbara Hoyt Hoyt, Hoyt. Barbara she was one, Hoyt she was one of one of them yeah, so she was going to testify, and then she got offered a trip to Hawaii to not testify. And she took it. I don't it. think I would not and testify for a trip to Hawaii. And like, this is... They gave her a hamburger loaded with 10 hits of LSD. That sounds bomb. The, the hamburger, hamburger not the LSD. Or the 10 hits. I think maybe a hamburger with one hit of LSD and, like, a side of fries. I feel like she probably would have done it like not testified if they hadn't given her the burger with LSD. Yeah. Like if they well, had taken her to Hawaii, treated her nice, she would have been like, "Well, you know what? Like they did this for me. How am I going to testify now?" But because they took her to Hawaii and then fucked her up, like she's probably like, "Fuck you. Now I am going to testify." So I think they were trying to kill her. Uh maybe they thought she was still going to testify regardless. Oh, yeah. Either way, my Even though, according stands. to this, there is no lethal dose for LSD. Really? Apparently. I'm sure, like, there's a certain... No lethal dose, but I'm sure, like, sure, like a certain dose, uh, dosage can, like, cause brain damage or something. Yeah. So, I have learned a lot of new things from you. From me? What was your most interesting thing? Um, the pineapple late, the, I I keep thinking, cause I associate Hawaii with pineapples and then you told me they gave her something laced with LSD. I I know, but in my mind, they gave her pineapple juice with LSD in it. So I keep wanting to call her the pineapple lady, but nobody gave her pineapple or maybe they did. And then they also gave her a burger. Maybe it was a Hawaiian, maybe it was a Hawaiian hamburger with pineapple. Oh, Oh my God. And like barbecue 
No, teriyaki. They have teriyaki. Not teriyaki. Teriyaki. That's, it's a sweet sauce that I can't have because it has sugar. What was your favorite part? That's my favorite. Well, I think my favorite part was the Zosose. Zatafrak. The name. Oh, yeah. The name. Glut, gluts. The Zosose. What was y- what was your most interesting part, and then the part? Um, My favorite part was the pictures. That's your favorite part. That's yeah. the part that fucked me up. I like I like the pi- well. I mean, I don't like them, but I think they're really interesting. Like, oh yeah yeah yeah, they're like cool. Not cool. I don't know. Yeah, they're cool. <laughs> Oh, another thing that I found interesting was the part where the guy from Nine Inch Nails. Nine Inch. Like <laughs> Anyways, yep. Yep. Yep, that was. How All right, that was it for today. Thank you for listening. So that was it for today. Thank you for listening. And you can reach us at our social media at. Which is. At occult underscore podcast on Twitter. And our Instagram is o underscore underscore cult underscore. So it's o underscore cult underscore. Wait, really? Two underscores? Yeah. Hmm. You want me to change it? Why why not only one? You want me to change it to occult underscore podcast? No, I like that one. I was just wondering. Was I don't it, know. I'm was it already taken? I, maybe. Oh, you didn't try it? Oh, Colt went. I don't remember why I did that. It might have been taken. Ow. Okay. Okay. <coughs> Show notes and maybe some pictures. I don't think I will be putting up pictures of murdered bodies. But, but I think on Instagram I will put up... A picture? Um, s- uh, some pictures Links. that might be relevant to this episode. Okay. Thanks for watching. Hey guys, Alexa here, and I hope you enjoyed listening to the first episode of our brand new podcast. If you didn't catch my little social media plug at the end, that's fine because you can find links and show notes on our website, occultcast.com. That is O-H-1-C-U-L-T-Cast.com. Thanks for listening.